This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks as we are breaking down the Colts' latest game. Bill, a really, really fun game at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. The Colts beat the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time ever at Lucas Oil Stadium, 30-13. to They snap an eight-game losing streak to the Steelers. Much more importantly, Bill... The Colts are now 8-6 and and have the upper hand on the Steelers in the AFC playoff race. Currently, the Colts are are 7th, still 7th in the AFC playoff standings, but that is pending a lot of results coming on Sunday. Bill, the, the place I want to start with this game is for the majority of this game, the Colts were without their starting quarterback. They were without their top two running backs. They were without their number one wide receiver, and they were without their right tackle against a Steelers defense that has T.J. Watt, the NFL's sack leader. And the Colts scored 30 points against a Steelers defense that came into this game allowing 19.2 points per game, seventh in the NFL. The Colts, with Gardner Minshew, Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, D.J. Montgomery, and Blake Freeland all playing key roles in this game, scored 30 points against the Steelers Bill Shane Steichen I I know we've talked about it but like (laughs) the coaching job that he has done with this team and that he did today was I mean like coach of the year worthy material yes yes by far I mean and first of all they spot him 13 points um so they have 13 point lead and then the Colts come back and just whatever Shane has in front of him he's going to tackle it and he had players in on that had to step in that haven't played a lot of football uh with sermon and goodson and then you had dj montgomery in there but it doesn't matter with shane shane's gonna look at the situation and say okay this is the way i think we can beat this team and he puts those guys in positions to make those those big plays. Now you look at uh, DJ Montgomery. If they make DJ Montgomery an opportunity to catch the touchdown pass, unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't didn't catch it. But Gardner has confidence in him and comes right back to him later on in, the, in another drive, and he scores a touchdown. It was the next drive. Yeah, yeah, the next yeah. drive he scores another. He scores a touchdown. So give the coaches a lot of credit because to me, that's what I that's what I look at. The coaches have confidence in these players. And they're going in there and playing. And those players are taking advantage of those opportunities. You had Trey Sermon and you had uh, Goodson out there. Those guys are making plays. You had mm-hmm. Sermon, 17 for 88. You have uh, Goodson, 11 for 69. Those guys running the ball. And as far as the whole team, as far as running the ball, 170 yards rushing. Give that team a lot of credit for what they did. And give the offensive line credit for going out there and making plays, open up the holes for those two guys. 
and DJ Montgomery and Blake Freeland also backups playing. Give those guys credit. Give the coaches credit for having the confidence in those guys to put them out there. And let's not forget about Chris Ballard getting yes. the depth that mm -hmm. needed on the team for those guys to go out there and play. So, you know, a, a lot of credit goes to a lot of individuals, but that's what a good team is and a good organization is. You get everyone working together, everyone pulling in the same way, and then you have results like you had today with the Colts being the Pitts, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. We uh we we like to get in the weeds in this show sometimes, Bill, and like look <laughs> at singular plays. And, and we're gonna get into the the drive where the Colts ran it 13 straight times. Yes. But there's a run in the fourth quarter where I'm up in the PA booth and I literally go, ooh. And it was a it was a second and nine, a run to Tyler Goodson, where mm -hmm. they bring they brought Moa kind of across uh to kind of crack down. But Goodson, Goodson gets so skinny in in a hole between Ryan Kelly and Will Fries, where I, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, bam, here comes Tyler Goodson through that hole. And I'm sitting there being like, this guy, this, he's a good running back. He's got some burst to him, but the vision and that ability to get skinny, that's like Jonathan Taylor stuff. Where like, you give JT just that tiny little inch of a hole and he'll turn it into nine, 10 yards. I saw that out of Tyler Goodson today. And this is a guy, Bill, who literally did not have an NFL carry before today he had bounced between the Packers practice squad the Colts practice squad over his two years in pro football and all of a sudden like here he is out here making plays going 11 for 69 uh, and he wasn't even the Colts leading rusher because Trey Sermon went 17 for 88 like <laughs> I, I can't get over the the run game that the Colts had and how it wasn't just like like the, the offensive line played really well Yes. This is kind of the point I'm making. The offensive line played really well, and that made it certainly easier on the running backs. But plays like that, when I just described, it's not just the O-line. It's these guys taking advantage of their opportunity and making the most of it by being good football players, too. Being good football players, as you say, taking advantage of the opportunities and just going out there playing their style of football, going out there running the way they know how to run, and also – staying within the system uh, for guys that don't get a lot of reps in practice and to be able to go into a game and go out there and make some of the type of runs they're, they're making, like you said, getting skinny in there in the, in the holes where it's not a big hole, but then popping the nine yard run, popping a, a 10 yard run, getting some of these big runs. You know, they had one, uh, Goodson had one for 31 yards and Sermon mm -hmm. had one for 19 yards. So it's these guys using their skills but also using their skills within this scheme and making big plays. So kudos to those guys uh, for what they do out there in the football field as far as Trey Sermon and Goodson and just being able to go out there and run and work within the scheme and be successful. I'm, I'm happy for guys like that, that when they have this opportunity, they take advantage of this opportunity because, as I said earlier, they don't get a lot of reps in practice. And then for them to have the confidence in themselves and their ability, abilities to go out there and just make plays. It says a lot about these young men and give those guys credit and give also Coach Smith, Coach DeAndre Smith credit for yes. getting these guys ready to go out there and play. You know, they weren't counting, of course, Zach Moss getting hurt. Well, Zach Moss gets dinged up, but these guys are ready to go. And uh, that's a credit to them, the players, and a credit to the coaches as well. All right, let's kind of take it back to the start of this game, Bill, um, to really tell the story of what happened. And like you mentioned, the Colts get in an early 13-0 hole. 
Um, you know, the, the Steelers are able to go down. They turn a missed uh, Matt Gay field goal and a long field goal into a touchdown uh, where Mitch Trubisky just barely gets the ball over the goal line right before EJ Speed knocks it out, winds up being a touchdown. Then on the ensuing drive, the Colts go three and out, and Rigoberto Sanchez's punt is blocked. The Steelers recover it. They get in the end zone uh, pretty quickly after just two plays in. And you're looking at it, and you're like, hmm, I mean, is this going to be one of those games where things, you know, kind of snowball, kind of like it was with the Bengals game last week, where things kind of snowballed, and you made some mistakes, and they turned into more mistakes and more mistakes, and all of a sudden you lose 34 to 14. There were two kind of inflection points on the next two drives for me, Bill, where the first drive, you you go down, right after you go down 13 to nothing, Really good drive. You get some explosives to Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, you know, he gets the the 21-yarder. You get the 42-yarder the uh, on that just incredible play where Minshew is, like, standing on the sideline and just, you know, flips it over the head of the defender. Just an incredible throw by Gardner Minshew uh, with that coming also on third and five. So then you get <laughs> – this is crazy. You get Gardner Minshew. It's first and goal at the seven. Gardner, Gardner Minshew gets sacked. Then a false start on Blake Freeland. Yep. And then just like a great play design, gets Zach Moss out in space and he gets in the end zone, but he gets horse collar tackled by Michael Walker, injures his arm. Zach Moss winds up being out for the game. So the next drive starts when Mitch Trubisky kind of throws an arm punt that Nick Cross picks off for his first career interception. Yep. The, then comes the injury to Michael Pittman Jr. And Bill's a former wide receiver, just as an aside, it's it, it seems to me that when a wide receiver is diving for a ball, there is no more defenseless position a receiver can be in. Should the safety there, Demonte Casey, who got ejected for the hit, should he be aware, okay, he's diving for the ball, maybe I shouldn't go head first into him like Casey did? I don't believe any defensive back should lead with the head trying to uh, tackle someone, dislodge a receiver from the ball or try to get one of those big hits. I, if he's one of the leads with his shoulder and make a big hit that way, I don't have any problem with that. I know it's a tough position for the defensive back to be in, but you got to protect the receivers. And Pittman was diving there. And you know what? He, um, I don't think he had any malicious intent, but I believe he was trying to make sure he dislodged the ball from Pittman. And, you know, I, I think it was the right call. In, in regards to the referees um, throwing the throwing the player out, because it was he was a defenseless player, it was a vicious hit. Um, it looked like he got a little bit of his helmet in there, and in order to protect the players, the officials need to call those plays. And I'm just glad that um, you know Pitt got up, walked off the field um, with his own ability, and, and unfortunately had a concussion and he's in a concussion protocol. I just, you know, that's the only thing I wish for that he's healthy regardless of football, that he's healthy and everything's okay with him. And that uh, hopefully he heals up pretty quick and gets back out there and be able to do the thing that he enjoys doing. And that's playing football. So the players have to make sure they take care of the players. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just think that sometimes you have to be aware of how receivers, how offensive players, 
or going for the ball. And then you as a defensive player, I know it's hard for a defensive player. It's very difficult for defensive players um, to make sure that you try not to um, injure in, injure the offensive player or try to put any harm towards that offensive player. Um, but it's a physical game. Those things happen. And I, I don't think he tried to do it intentionally, but, you know, it was a tough play. Uh, I'm glad Pitt's okay, though. It's uh... – <laughs> It's kind of, you know, like DeMonte Casey gets, Casey gets ejected. And then mm-hmm. on the next play, Micah Fitzpatrick, the other Steelers safety, they're all pro yeah. there. He gets hurt. Yeah. So in the span of two plays, the Steelers lost their two starting safeties. And Shane Steichen and, and this offense went right after it. Yep. I mean, they, they attacked that as a weakness. The Colts don't wind up scoring on that drive. That was the one where DJ Montgomery dropped the uh, ball in the end zone mm-hmm. uh, on fourth and one. But it, it kind of felt like even though it was 13 to seven, the game sort of flipped on that, uh, on those two plays almost where the, the, the way that it was going was sort of like, all right, maybe the Steelers get, or the, the Colts kind of get dragged into like a rock fight with the Steelers. And then you saw the offense really kind of come to life. And I know that that drive again, it didn't end with a touchdown, but the Colts then take back over possession um, on the 26-yard line with 44 seconds to go. Yep. And that's when th- – this was kind of the DJ Montgomery drive yep. where Gardner Minshew, first play of the drive, goes right back to DJ Montgomery on kind of a deep dig for a 34-yard gain. All of a sudden, the Colts have life on this drive. And then 35 seconds to go, throw a deep ball to Alec Pierce, get a penalty on Joey Porter Jr., all of a sudden, you got the ball at the 10-yard line. And then, uh, or the 14-yard line, excuse me. Then two plays later, Gardner Minshew goes right back to DJ Montgomery again. Touchdown. Colts go up 14-13 to 13 right before halftime. And even though those are the only two catches of the game for DJ Montgomery, for the Colts to trust him to go back to him in those moments where Michael Pittman Jr. is out of the game, DJ Montgomery is in. And Mo Ali Cox, I thought, said, said it really well after the game, like, you could have folded in that moment. Like mentally, you could have just crumbled. Like you, you get a chance at getting the touchdown and you drop it on fourth and one. There's no coming back from that. And for DJ Montgomery to be able to sort of, all right, like move on from that um, and, and come back from it. This is a guy who never, he, he'd been in the NFL now. This is his third year. He never caught a touchdown. That would have been his first mm-hmm. career touchdown. And he drop it. And then the next drive, he gets his first career touchdown. That's that's <laughs> that's really cool. That's a really cool thing and shows a, a lot of mental toughness, but it also just shows kind of the mental toughness of this whole team, that they all went up to him after they dropped the touchdown and be like, hey, like we got you. We know how good you are. And then he goes right back out, and he, he does it and delivers a big moment for the Colts in the first half. Yeah, he does. I mean, I always feel for any player that drops a touchdown pass, uh, of course, in the end zone, and, you know, and especially on – his because his was fourth down. So they didn't have another chance to score any points after that, after he dropped the ball. And I can just imagine that's a long walk back to the bench, knowing that you dropped a touchdown pass and, you know, you feel like you let your teammates down and it, it's a, it's a hard feeling, but if I'm not mistaken, I heard Gardner mention talk about, he went right up to him and say, look, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to come back to you. And when you, and when the quarterback says that to you and you know that he has still has confidence in you. 
that makes it a little bit easier for the player uh, to adjust and get ready. And then he makes that big catch on that dig route of uh, 34 yards. And that was big, you know, and Gardner had confidence in him, went right to him again, throwing the ball, 34 yard pickup. And then as you mentioned, you know, they went down and later on, uh, Gardner hits Montgomery again for a 14 yard touchdown. That's his first touchdown of his career. So I'm happy for the man that he had, enough confidence in himself to go out there and continue to play and not let that bring him down that play. Cause easily as a receiver, when you drop that pass, you know, you can get kind of defeated and start questioning yourself. And uh, evidently he didn't question himself. He believed in himself, had confidence in himself and also his teammates had confidence in him. And he went out there and, and showed and caught that 34 yard pass. And then, caught the 14-yard touchdown pass. So I'm happy for the, the man that he did not uh, not wilt, so to speak, after he dropped that touchdown pass. By the way, shout out to Tyler Goodson for his blocking on that touchdown, the DJ Montgomery touchdown. He's got his guy locked up downfield. <laughs> and number 38 on the Steelers. I mean, he had no chance. And that allows DJ Montgomery to just kind of get in the end zone there uh, with one little shoulder hit. Um that's how good's and every time I every time I look at something in this, even if he didn't touch the ball, I'm like, man, this dude's a scrappy player. I like this guy a lot. Um, but DJ <laughs> Montgomery is a guy who, Bill, after the game when I was in the locker room, and I wrote about this on Colts.com, like every single player I talked to was like, Oh yeah, we've seen him do that, like make plays like that all throughout practice. Like multiple players brought up how DJ <laughs> Montgomery has been named the scout team player of the week like three or four times. Like I just keep getting like, I, I kept hearing that from guys. Like, yeah, we knew DJ could do this. And it's so cool. Like, it's so cool to see guys like DJ Montgomery and Tyler Goodson, who have probably just been grinding all year on the scout team, come up in a game and make plays, not just in a game, but in a playoff-like game, a real must-win in the middle of December. Like, that is that is so cool. That, that has got to be so affirming for your culture as a team to see these guys, the work they put in, lead to opportunities in a big game that they then wind up rewarding the team for giving them those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's just not another game. I mean, these are big games in December that have implications on this team uh, making the playoffs or not, and those guys are stepping up when they have the opportunity. And to me, I like it because those guys on the scout team, they're going out there playing extremely hard and what they're doing they're helping the team out because they're giving the starting unit of the defense a good look of what you know what the opposing teams are going to do or how good maybe a running back is or how good a wide receiver is and those guys playing the scout team scout team in 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 order to give the defense a good look so give those guys credit for going out there working hard and then the coaches rewarding those guys for the hard work they're putting in to go out there and put them out there in a game situation and for the coaches to trust them to put them out there and the guys are preparing themselves, even though they don't have a lot of reps on the uh, actual uh, Colts offense, but they take advantage of their opportunities when they get it and they produce and give those guys credit for producing in a big way and big in a big game. So the Colts go up by one at halftime. They come out of halftime and go three and out. And DJ Montgomery dropped the pass on third down. Um, so the Colts have to punt. The Steelers get the ball on the first play. EJ Speed, who was back, uh, <laughs> uh, 
he punches the ball out of Najee Harris's hands. Julian Blackman recovers it. Um, shout out to uh, our our Colts uh, video board operating team yes. up there for immediately getting the right look of that replay. Shane Steichen, I mean, the flag, like, as soon as the the Colts sideline saw the, the replay where that ball is clearly out, like, the entire sideline, like, sh- swarms Shane Steichen, <laughs> and Shane just drops the flag right at the referee's feet, like, bam, like that. Uh, it, and EJ talked about this after the game, Bill, that they knew that Najee Harris had trouble hanging onto the ball when he was going to ground. So they knew they are going to have an opportunity to get the ball out. And... EJ Speed, just every single game that he plays, he makes a big play. Somehow, some way. This is another one. And so he gets the ball out. Colts recover it. First play out of the time of the out of the timeout following the turnover. Garda Minshew, a beautiful pass to Mo Ali Cox for an 18-yard touchdown. Colts go up by uh 21-13. And uh Zaire Franklin said after the game, quote, about EJ's forced fumble quote. It set the tone and let everybody know this is this half is our half. I feel like he made that play, followed up with Mo touchdown. It was like, okay, we're running away with this one. So like these guys knew. Like they knew at halftime. We got him right where we want him. And then the 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 turnover and the touchdown in a two-play sequence, it was like, all right, we are we are gonna roll this team today. Yeah, you know, and EJ, of course, EJ makes a big play and I'm going to go back actually earlier than that. The first play of the game on defense for the Colts, Najee Harris gets the ball on their first running play. EJ Speed comes up, makes a hit for no gain at the beginning yes. of the game. I thought to me, EJ Speed made a statement, say, said, I'm back. He did, and, and by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't just a tackle. He rocked. Najee Harris exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was for no gain. And that's why I was saying he made a statement that I'm back and this is the way it's going to be for the whole game. I'm going to be flying around all day on defense. And he made a lot of big plays. You know, he had 10 tackles uh, in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So give him credit in that forced fumble of Najee Harris. And that to me, I think that was a big turning point of the game in the Colts, as you mentioned, the next play score a touchdown and they go up 21 to 13. And for for the most part, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but the game was pretty much over after that and give EJ speed credit for setting the tone, not just on that play, but other plays he had earlier in the game. You know, I I'm, I'm watching uh, that first play of the game right now, Bill, a mm-hmm. couple things. First of all, when you are a running back and you got long hair and you get <laughs> just like lit up in the hole like that, your hair goes Boy, everywhere. That a, that, your hair goes. That is an aesthetically <laughs> pleasing sight if you are a fan of the guy hitting the running back, not a fan of the teams whose running back is getting hit. Secondly, EJ hits Najee, and then he he finishes the play by pile driving him into the ground while Najee Harris's legs are like flailing away. Uh, just what what a beautiful football play this is. If you it, this probably isn't showing up on a lot of highlight packages, but like if you're listening to this and you want to see something fun, just go back and watch the all twenty two of EJ Speed just knocking Najee Harris into the ground. That is a fun <laughs> football play right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, and, he, you know, he said, to me, I, I believe he set that set the tone with that play. Mm-hmm. And that was a great hit and a great tackle by EJ Speed. 
the the Colts then come back and they get a third and five for the Steelers offense and Samson Ebicom, Dio Dangbo split a sack. Mitch Trubisky's starting to feel the pressure right now. Like yes. he yes. I I've I've covered games of Mitch Trubisky's in the past. I could kind of tell this is kind of the moment where all right, he's he's starting to feel the heat a little bit. That that was kind of you, you you could feel it, is the point mm-hmm. I'm making there. So uh, then, then the Tyler Goodson, he rips off that 31-yard run where um, Joey Porter Jr. makes a probably smart business decision to <laughs> hope that for some reason Tyler Goodson would cut to the outside of Quentin Nelson's body instead of the inside because uh, Quentin Nelson is running at full speed, pulling downfield, and Joey Porter Jr. <laughs> does. <laughs> he, I mean, look, I, I certainly am not throwing stones here. Um, because I would do the same thing if I had Quentin Nelson running at me, but he kind of gives it a little, uh, a little Olay on the outside. Goodson rips off a 31 yard run that he's a drive that ends with a field goal. Colts go up 24, 13. Um, and again, you could just, you could kind of feel it, feel it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steelers do then get a little bit of life though. Third and 19 Mitch Trubisky completes a deep ball to Deontay Johnson down the far sideline. But then uh, the Steelers get a penalty on third and four. I thought this was, this was really interesting, Bill. So it's third and four. Trubisky threw incomplete. Mm-hmm. It would have been a fourth down field goal attempt. Shane Steichen accepts the penalty to back mm-hmm. the Steelers back up to the Colts 39 instead of at the Colts 29. And Trubisky throws incomplete to George Pickens. And then the Steelers punt. Yep. And that to me, just that little, uh, you know, if you accept that penalty, it I don't think anyone would have criticized you because you're saying, okay, like take a field goal. It's an eight point game. Yep. We're still, you know, we're rolling on offense. But I love the the confidence there of Shane Steichen being like, okay, yeah, you we just gave up a big play on third down previously. That's not gonna happen again. Like we're we're good. Trubisky throws, you know, wide out of bounds to George Pickens on third down. And then the Steelers choose to punt. I'm sure if if you look at there's a a Twitter account called the Surrender Index that measures uh, punts that should not have been punts. Like mm-hmm. should you have gone for it? It probably would have said the Steelers should have gone for it there. Exactly. Uh, and it, just I mean you're you're in that position, Bill. Where I don't know. I mean, far be it for me to criticize Mike Tomlin for his coaching. The guy's for me the best coach in the NFL. But for to, to choose to punt there when you could just, I don't know, try to throw it up to George Pickens and try to drop PI maybe um, a lot can happen if you just get the ball in the air, but the Steelers punt and it's a 22 yard net punt on that play. Colts get the ball back at their 17 yard line. I just did to go back to it. I love the thought that Shane had of like, yeah, we're good. We got this. Like try to convert, try to pick up more yards on third down. Dare you. Exactly. And I think, you know, that says a lot about, Shane's confidence in the defense in regards to, as you mentioned earlier, um, the Steelers get, what, 26 yards on that third and 20, uh, something mm-hmm. like that, for that first down to continue to drive. And now they're going to have third and possibly put them in third and 14 where, you know what, they could possibly get 15 yards to get a first down, 15 yards or more. But Shane believed in the defense that, you know what, the defense can stop them, and then if the defense stops them, then it's going to be a very long field goal if they want to try a field goal. And but you know what, Shane rolled the dice, kind of I would say, and then stopped them, and 
they decided to punt. You know, it was, uh, I didn't, I actually thought they were going to go for it on fourth down uh, at that time, but you know what? They decided to punt and, you know, it really didn't get mean much to them, I guess. And they only got 22 yards. You said it was net of 22 yards, JJ. Is that what yep. you said? And, uh, 22 yep. yard punt. Yep. Yeah. 22 yard punt. So it really didn't do much, but um, you know what? Give Shane a lot of credit for trusting his defense, knowing that the defense can hold him and believing in the defense and the defense did their job. And then to me, I think, it, it, I don't know if it's a signal that they were surrendering, but you know, it, it showed something to me for the Colts that the coaching staff has confidence in the defense to go out there and make plays. Yes. So the Colts take over possession at their own 17 yard line. <laughs> they run the ball 13 straight times to get down to the Steelers 13 yard line. Gardner Minshew throws incomplete on third and five. Matt Gay kicks a field goal. Colts go up by uh, uh, 14 points at that point. That drive bill was one of the more remarkable drives I can remember a Colts team having in a long time, where it is just run and run, and it's third and five. We're still giving it to Trey Sermon, and we're getting a first down. Um, That was, to me, that was one of the most impressive drives the Colts have had, not just this year, but like really in in a long time I can remember. Because that just and Ryan Kelly talked about it after the game that that kind of sapped the energy out of the Steelers. Yes. And if you look at if you look at that drive, something that I noticed when I went back and I watched some of those runs is TJ Watt is screaming upfield like he is. They are intentionally setting Blake Freeland to pass to pass block to almost like goad TJ Watt into. All right. Try to get upfield. We're just running it. And the third and five run for Trey Sermon, like that's one where TJ Watts like, all right, like I can finally pin my ears back. Like, let's go. I can, you know, finally a chance to affect the quarterback on this stupid drive. And <laughs> what do the Colts do? They hand it off to Trey Sermon again. And what on this play, like he is, he's one-on-one on Blake Freeland and he, he gets upfield and he turns and he just kind of stares at it of like, you got to be kidding me. Like a run all again. I can, all I can, yeah. A run again. Like all I can think is going through his head is like, you have got to be absolutely effing kidding me that they ran the ball again. Cause like he is, and, and you know, he doesn't, he doesn't show like body language. Like, you know, his arms don't go up in the air. He doesn't slump his shoulders. Like TJ Watts, a really good player. He understands that stuff. But all I can think of going through his head is like, you have got to be kidding me in that moment. Yeah, I'm sure those guys were frustrated, and I'm sure when they look back at it, I'm sure how way they felt. They felt probably demoralized. I mean, the Colts ran the ball, as you said, 13 straight times. And when you run the ball on someone 13 straight times and continue to get first down after first down after first down, and you can't stop them, that's just wearing that defensive line out. And give credit to the offensive line of the Colts and, of course, the running backs of uh, Sermon and Goodson of running the ball effectively, running the ball hard. And I I thought to me that was just another statement by the Colts saying, you know what, we're going to run the ball and we're going to show you that we can play physical football as well. You guys are known for playing physical football. We can play physical football as well. So we're going to run the ball. And you would think after a while, okay, we'll mix in the pass here or there. Uh Uh-uh. The Colts continue to run the ball. And to me, that was probably the favorite part of the game for me 
watching the coach just run the ball, get first downs, run the ball, get first downs, and then at the end, kick the field goal. So to me, I was happy that the offensive line got a chance to just go out there and just plow some people over and the running backs get out there and be successful to run the ball and get some first downs and keep the drive moving and eat up about, what, nine minutes on the clock at that mm-hmm. time, roughly, I think, eight minutes and 57 seconds to eat up all that time on the clock just to continue the game and continue to impose their will on the Steelers' defensive line. DJ Watt only had one pressure the entire second half. And it's not like, I mean, Gardner mentioned it of a ton of dropbacks or anything, um, but that that's pretty good. Like holding TJ Watt to that little production in the second half, regardless of the circumstances, is that's a good thing. Yes. And um, you know, you you didn't really feel him in the second half in the way that you know, there are some plays in the first half where you, you felt TJ Watt out there on the field. This guy's got 16 sacks. He leads the NFL in sacks. He's, you know, what former defensive player of the year, three-time first team all pro. You didn't really feel his presence in the second half. You also didn't really feel the presence of Cameron Hayward, number 97, no. another three-time first-team All-Pro, um, who kind of was – in this game, you would almost expect – if the Colts are going to run it this much, you would expect kind of Cam Hayward to, to get in there and kind of get his. But Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson just stonewalled him all game. And, you know, Will Fries, too, in that group, absolutely did a tremendous job on Cameron Hayward – and, you know, if you, if you told me at the start of this game that in the second half, the Steelers, by the way, their second half defense was allowing, I think, seven points in the yes. final two quarters of the game. Yep. Um, if you told me that in the second <laughs> half, you wouldn't hear from Micah Fitzpatrick, who was injured, yeah. uh, so, you know, no fault of his own, mm-hmm. TJ Watt or Cameron Hayward, I'd be like, okay, well, the Colts are going to win this game. And they won 30 to 13. They yeah. they neutralized those, you know, the, the two guys on the D-line there and Alex Highsmith, who's a really good player too, and wound up putting together a really good second half of football. Yeah, and, and that's what they had to do. They had to neutralize those guys and make sure those guys weren't game wreckers, you know, uh, Cam Hayward and uh, Highsmith and, and Watt. And they did that. And for the most part, the offensive line did a, a good job of making sure those guys weren't game wreckers and open up holes for the running backs and for the offense to, to me, controlling the line of scrimmage and also moving the ball downfield, getting first downs and wearing the defense out. Um, they did that in that, that play, that drive, you know, 15 plays, 70 yards, eight minutes, 57 seconds. And, you know, they kicked a 31 yard field goal to get some points out of it. So to me, there's very impressive drive, uh, especially to get, uh, points out of it. The only thing that could have been better if the Colts went down and scored a touchdown. That's the only thing that could have been better from that drive. And you know, for them to do that and to impose their will uh, on the Steelers' defense, I think that was to me that was one of the best parts of the game to me. Seeing the Colts do that, just continue to run the ball down their throat. A couple of quick things to to note before we get out of here, Bill. Samson Ebicom had another uh, sack and a half in this game. He now is up to nine and a half sacks wow. this season. And Dio Dengbo, another yes. sack and a half. Uh, yep. Keep getting this guy in front of national TV audiences. He <laughs> crushes it in front of national TV audiences. He now is eight sacks on the season. Um, and Julian Blackman gets another interception in this game. Th- this Colts defense, 
fumble recovery as well. Mm-hmm. Good, good call on that. This Colts defense, they really responded to the challenge of, hey, you know, last week was was not our best at all. And they came out, and you can say what you will about the Steelers' offense, but they came out and they played a really good game, top to bottom. And, uh, you know, Taekwon Lewis had another really good game, I thought. Mm-hmm. You saw impact from Grover Stewart getting in there, DeForest Buckner. Uh, Zaire Franklin had a really good game, especially in coverage today. And like you mentioned earlier, Bill, EJ Speed, 10 tackles, forced mm-hmm. fumble. Yep. This defense really rose to the challenge, I thought, this week after kind of being challenged leading up to this game. Yeah, the defense rose to the challenge. And, you know, what happens a lot of times, especially when you play a game on a Sunday and you uh, don't play as well as you want to play. And for most athletes, they want to get right back out there and play again. If they could play, if their bodies would let them play that next day, they played on Sunday, they, if they can get out and play on Monday, they would go out and play on Monday. Now, they, they can't go out and play on Monday. It's very difficult to play back-to-back games in the National Football League. Uh, almost impossible. But having this short week, I think, was beneficial for the team So they want because they wanted to get back out there. And coming home, playing at home, playing on Saturday uh, in front of the home crowd, it gave them an opportunity to get up back out there as soon as possible, play a game, and show that, hey, last week, that's not the team that we were – that we are, uh, how we played last week, how we played today, as far as uh, what we did out there in the football field, create three turnovers, uh, not have many penalties, um, be successful in stopping the opposing team's offense. That's what they wanted to show and and, for, and impose their will on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So give the defense credit for bouncing back, playing well, and going out there showing that, you know what, Last week wasn't the team that we want to be. The way we played today against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's the team that we want to be, and they showed it today. All right, well, the Colts are, again, currently the seventh seed in the AFC. Um, We'll kind of see what transpires on Sunday. I'm not sure there's any way the Colts could be anything but the seventh seed coming out of this week, but who cares? Colts are in the playoff playoffs right now. Um and, you know, sneakily, if the Jaguars lose to the Ravens Sunday night, if you're listening to this before that game, um, Colts would be have the same record as the Jaguars with three games to go. Jags have the tiebreaker of the Colts, obviously, but uh, could get could get real interesting down the stretch here. This win is a big one for the Colts playoff chances. Um, and we'll just kind of sit back on Sunday and watch as the, the games come in and see how it helps the Colts or doesn't help the Colts. But regardless, the Colts control their control their own destiny in the AFC playoff race. One final thing, Bill. The crowd at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. My goodness. I mean, the, those Steelers fans, they, uh, they, they brought their terrible towels and their yes, DJ Watt did. jerseys. All right, that was great. I didn't hear a peep from them in the second half at all. And that had something to do with the the action on the field. But Colts fans consistently drowned out Steelers fans in this game. I didn't really notice them. You know, being honest up there in the PA booth, like, I didn't really notice Steelers fans a whole lot in this game. I knew they were there. You could see the towels waving. But Colts fans brought the energy. They brought the noise. And that's the kind of atmosphere that 
turns Lucas Oil Stadium into one of the best places to play in the NFL. It's so fun to see it. It's so fun to see a game like this. Um, we're going to need it again for these yes. last two home games against the Raiders and the Texans. That game against the Texans could be even bigger than this one against the Steelers. Uh, but Colts fans, I mean, for for the, for this town to kind of go through the last year where mm-hmm. 2022 was a really disappointing season and nothing was really going right, but to come back this year and then to you know lose Anthony Richardson and to not have Jonathan Taylor in you know some of these games and to bring the the juice and the noise that the fans have, Bill, it has been so awesome. It's been a privilege to to kind of watch it and you know see it from a, from the PA booth. Um, yes. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. It is so much fun on game days right now at Lucas Oil Stadium. It is. Give the fans a whole bunch of credit for what they did today as far as bringing the juice, bringing the energy, bringing the noise, drying, drowning out the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I thought, I thought the fans were great. And as you stated, JJ, we're going to need that for the next two home games that we play at Lucas Oil Stadium, but the fans were awesome. They were great, and uh, it was good to see, great to hear the Colts fans cheering and drowning out the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So kudos and congratulations to the Colts fans, and thank you, Colts fans, for what you do and what you have been doing thus far uh, this season in, in supporting your, your home team, the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on this episode of Instant Reaction. Thanks for listening all the way through this one. If you've made it this far, we had a lot to talk about when the Colts win 30-13 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Bill Brooks, I'm J.J. Stankovitz. We will talk to you next week. Actually, only I will talk to you, excuse me, next week here on Instant Reaction. I'm going to tape a quick Instant Reaction following the Colts-Falcons game on Christmas Eve. We're going to focus on spending time with our families, Bill. Uh, But we will still have an episode out to you on Christmas Eve. It'll just be me blabbering about the Colts and (laughs) the Falcons next week. Anyways, thank you so much again for listening to this episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Talk to you next week. So long.